You're listening to Geek Jabber Live, the show where the main host has a face for radio and a voice for silent movies. Strap yourselves in and dial up the disappointment. Welcome to Geek Jabber Live. So how the fuck are we doing uh, episode of 15 of this now? We've made That's it a to... naughty word. <laughs> That's a really naughty yeah. word. Um, so <laughs> Yeah, we're at Geek Jabber Live, episode 15, which we're somehow recording. We've got a three-person three, um, three show. A three-way. Yeah, so we're uh, call, uh, call, yeah. Call it, calling in from the penis-shaped, uh, penis-shaped country. We have Quirties in uh, Sweden. And calling in from the international, hello, hello. Spank, international Spank and Wank station, we have, uh, we have Nick. Oh, wait. Where? The International Spank and Wank Station. (laughs) Okay. I was on holidays, but okay. (laughs) I'll I'll take that. Well, it's up to you what you do on your holidays. Well, uh, look, I'm here. That's the main thing. Yes, so... uh, We are back. Yeah, so how are you two tonight? Uh, Doing good. It's a long holiday here in Sweden, so yeah, long weekend. I'm happy I have a day off tomorrow. Also, it's just as fucking cold here <laughs> as it is in Sweden at the moment. So yeah, yeah. it's 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 kind of okay. Yeah, good, good to be here. Yeah, so we're going into uh, the um, basically the what you should look for when upgrading your computer or buying parts from your computer show. I so should listen to this one. Yeah, so we're going to uh, be packing <laughs> quite a lot of information into the show. So it will be a little bit rushed because obviously this is a topic we can sit here for days. Yeah. Uh, but I suppose we should start with something I think we've touched on on the show before. And I know I briefly touched on on the site before. Uh, choosing an appropriate CPU. Yeah, look, I, I, I want to start, if I can say, Tim, that everyone has an opinion on this, yeah. on this topic. Everyone, you know, whether they be Intel or AMD or, well, that's pretty much it these yeah. days, but everyone has an opinion. I think yeah. it's important to do your homework, yeah. uh, regardless of the, uh, yeah. the yeah. you know, and for, what for... we talk about in this show, we're trying to be, you know... Uh, manufacturer agnostic in, yeah. in, in a way. So now, having said that, um, with this um, with this particular seg- segment, I'll be phrasing it in terms of um, the Intel CPU lineup because that's what I work most with. That's what I'm most familiar with. But, but that's racist. But, yeah, but on that same note, <laughs> um, on that same note, anything we say generally about the Intel stuff, it should be. Or AMD equivalent, the AMD yeah. equivalent parts. Look, and yeah. if history says anything, at the end of the day, it's you know they're they're pretty much neck and neck. Yeah. You know, one year AMD might be ahead, or one year Intel might be ahead, yeah. but more or less the same thing. Yeah. But um, generally speaking, um, like I don't want, and for that reason, I don't want to give particular like model numbers of what CPU you should get because obviously yeah. tomorrow, tomorrow that's going to be out of date. And um, no, that AMD and Intel tend to trade blows as to which one's the more powerful. Exactly. Um, 
But I suppose the first question you should ask yourself is, how is your computer going to be used? Um, because yeah. that, that, that's really, What's the use case? Yeah, so that's really what boils down to for, um, for, the, for which CPU class you should be looking at. So if yeah. you're just using your computer... Yeah, one, one question there is, um, since you're kind of going from what's your use case, yeah, so uh, what's your use case for the computer you're going to build? Yeah. So my computer, which is coming up for... Like, I've already started order, ordering parts to replace it because mine's sitting that four years old part, time, mm. which is about the time I like to replace it. So my use case is I'm a casual gamer. Um... I do a lot of stuff through web browser and just through office type applications. And I also do a lot of stuff like this with the audio and a bit of stuff with Photoshop as well. Yeah. Um, although not as much as I'd like. Um, so for me, when I put this machine together, uh, I went for an Intel i5, which um, mm -hmm. it's an eighth generation i5, which was sort of their mid-range CPU at the time. Yeah. Um, so that, um, then yeah, I, I threw 32 gig of RAM into it just because I don't, I don't use that all the time, but it just means I don't have to worry about leaving everything open as I need it and coming yeah. back to it. Um, I've also gone for a GeForce 1660 Ti, um, which ended up being at the time I bought it, just that price performance balance. But, yeah. uh, for a nice. really good price price performance point for 1080p gaming. Yeah. Can I just say though, that, and just to complicate things slightly, uh, <laughs> gone are the days where you know your powerful workhorse is necessarily a desktop PC. I think these days there's a lot of laptops out there that can really replace the workstation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my daily driver is a ThinkPad uh, or Lenovo ThinkPad P1. And, you know, I do the occasional gaming and video editing and that sort of thing. And uh, it does quite well. Like, it's a laptop running on batteries, yet it has the performance of a desktop PC. Yeah, so the laptops have come, come incredibly long way since, um, like, the 1990s where they were there, mm. the subpar cousins of the desktop world oh look even in 2010 like laptops were they were chunky they were heavy um you know these days and if you're looking at the sort of apple um the Macs, like this they're, they're sharing silicon with their laptop counterparts so you know things are getting thinner they're getting more lightweight uh, you know yeah it, it, it's not out of the realm that your laptop can replace your yeah. entire desktop setup. But yep. anyway. But yeah, going back to which one you should choose. So um, I'm going to refer to the Intel lineup here uh, just as a general overview of, um, of um, what you should be looking for. So if you're just using it from the point of view of somebody who does everything through, say, a web browser, um, who doesn't necessarily need anything particularly complicated or even just a light to moderate um, Office user. Um, so using Microsoft Office or whatever alternative you choose, you could probably mm. get away with an Intel i3. 
They're very, yeah. um, very um, capable CPUs. Yes. Um, if you're doing the high-end content creation or high-end gaming, um, the, end, the other end of the extreme is the Intel i7 or Intel i9. Yeah. Um, although the Intel i9 is quite a lot more money for only a little bit more performance. And you've got the um, Intel i5, which is um, sort of straddles the middle of, a little bit, so it sort of slots in and could do either. So if you're sort of a gamer or content creator, certainly go the higher end parts so of the i7, i9. If you're looking at, if you're not necessarily doing that, um, you could probably get away with an Intel i3 or Intel i5 if you want the more budget-friendly options. Yeah, look, it depends on what software you're using too. And I think it's important to look at that. And, uh, you know, whilst your workflow might be CPU intensive, uh, other workflows may not be so. And you might be looking at more memory. So look at the software that you're using and the recommended uh, specifications yeah. for that. Yeah. Yeah. But that would be my like if you're gonna do video editing or stuff, something yeah. like that. Yeah, so, even if it's just simple. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, so video editing, I would sort of class as generically as content creation. That stuff does yeah. benefit, does benefit from a higher end CPU, particularly if you're working on larger projects, and if you're really a hardcore gamer, that's when the CPU <laughs> can can make the difference as well. Yeah. But, uh, for the rest of us, i3, i5 type um, thing would probably do us fine, as as Nick suggests. Yep. Um, check to see what... It's often the memory in that case that becomes a bottleneck. Um, yeah. Before, before the uh, CPU. The CPU. Is. Now, I believe we're going to yeah. talk about storage as well. Yeah. Um, well, uh, well, we'll just um, cover memory a little bit first because um, I think yeah, I was um, gonna gonna ask because I heard it mentioned in an unmentionable video channel. I'm not allowed to talk about um, PC like <laughs> PCI lanes. Yeah, <laughs> um, I have a so that's important for the memory. How much memory it can yeah. manage? So um, again. Uh, again um, like you can basically put it, you, uh, like this is where it gets a little bit difficult to simplify. That is actually a fairly good point. Um, yeah. and that's a, usually a function of the motherboard. Um, so yeah. yeah, sometimes like there is a restriction on the PCI lanes in simple, simple terms, the number of PCI lanes they're basically like the number of channels your processor has between everything else in the system. That's an o slightly an yeah. oversimplification, but that's essentially it. So um, if you're looking at um, some things like gaming, um, where you're pushing gra a graphics card a lot, um, or doing stuff that's particularly storage bound, it's um, that be can become an issue. But um, and that's where you want to go a higher end um, motherboard that has the extra lanes. 
Uh, for most people, it's um, probably not going to make a huge amount of difference, though, because um, you have to really start pushing the machine to be, for that to become a problem. Indeed, yeah. But um, I think touching on RAM, though, is probably important. Um, yeah. <laughs> just because, um, like, th this is something that people tend to skimp out on. Like, I think... Yeah. I think... I think I think my advice here would be there is no such thing as too much because you can always make use of the memory you have available, but yeah. it comes down to your budget. Yeah. Uh, how much are you willing to spend on physical memory? Yeah. Uh, you know, the standard benchmark these days tends to be 16 gigabytes as a bare minimum. I wouldn't go less than that unless yeah. you've got very specific needs, yeah. but yeah. Well, so uh, 32 16... tends to be a good... Good, yeah. good benchmark. Well, um, we were talking before the show, the general benchmark I work with, but like uh, it, this is primarily for Windows, but you could put it, you could apply it to any of the operating systems really. Um, yeah. If you want to do anything with your computer, you get um, the minimum requirement for your operating system and double it. Yeah, if you want that's to do, a good... If you want to do anything useful with your computer, you double it again. Um, yeah. So in the context of Windows 10, 2 gig is the minimum for it to boot. Oh, that put, yeah, that puts 8 gig. Um, <laughs> that just gets you up and running. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, so that's the minimum required to boot. That really puts 8 gig as the bare minimum if you want to do something useful with a Windows 10 machine. Um, if you're getting into the more higher end users, 16 to 32 gig is better. And yeah. um, I think 16 is rap rapidly becoming really the minimum that you can get now. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Um, so 16 to 32 gig, um, if you're doing any sort of gaming or streaming. Um, Third, anything above 32 gig tends to get a little bit expensive. Um, I would only use you do that uh, for specific uses, so high-end graphic design work or content creation, or high-end development work where you're running virtual machines. So things that can actually make use of it, because as you say, you know the computer will. Um, the computer will find a use for a lot of it. But yeah. once, once you go over 32 gig, it tends to get a little bit um, expensive. It does. And it comes down to your budget. Uh, and if we're talking about <laughs> sort of entry-level machines, I think uh, 16 gig would be a good start. Uh, 32 would be a great uh, yeah. recommendation. Yeah, so that's what I'm particular with Windows 11 now because Windows 11 is now requiring four gig as a minimum. So yeah, but the the other thing we haven't talked about is GPU RAM, and uh, it's probably just as important yeah. as uh, me like system RAM, yeah. particularly for those that are gaming or you know yeah. yeah. So. Um, yeah, this will be actually interesting. Now, we could pick apart the whole GPU shortage at the moment. Um, I do believe <laughs> the situation is starting to improve now. 
and the problem the problem is the other well the other problem is there are so so many different variations of GPUs like it's uh, there are just so many more choices um, compared to CPUs so that tends to get yeah. um, that tends to get a little bit confusing but um, my take on it would be go by the VRAM, so video RAM, because that is important yeah. for gaming. Um, yeah. So yeah. look at the games that you want to play. Look at the minimum requirements, yeah. and yeah. You, look your your uh, advice of doubling it is probably not a bad idea. Yeah. But yeah, the way I'd take it at the moment, if you're looking to simplify what you're looking at, um, the video RAM would be the way to do it. So um, the middle of the range cards. Um, would be about six to eight gig um, of video RAM going up to 12 gig. Um, so those would be, if you're looking at a video card, and that would be, that's the video RAM it's got on it. I would yep. consider that to be a middle middle of the road, road um, casual gamer sort of card. Um, so, yeah. That's um, fair. Yeah, I um, think it's important though to yeah. look at the software that you're going to be running. And, and that, that that's comes down to the core of things look at what you're going to be doing look at the minimum requirements or the the recommended requirements for that particular application and go with that but yeah but yeah it's sort of the the ones uh, i was thinking on one thing with graphics card also what kind of monitor if you're going to run a 4k monitor yeah. Uh, yeah. just to complicate things yeah well again it depends yeah. um on what you're actually doing so if, if you're yeah. If you're doing again basic op, um, office applications, they're, they're not going to stress your graphics <laughs> card even at 4K. But um, oh no, God but, no. But yeah, for games, then you probably want would would. We were talking about the middle of the road yeah. graphics cards. Uh, for yep. four, 4K, that's where I'd probably be looking at that eight to twelve gigs of video RAM as a, as really exactly. Um, Absolutely. But um, the ones that go beyond that, so you can get them up to 16, up to, I think, 24 gig at the moment. Those are your high-end graphics cards. Um, and they're almost impossible to get at the moment. You are remortgaging your house. And even then, you're lucky if you can get get your hands on them. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so, I think um, there's a lot of work to make... Um, by game developers to make um, mid mid range cards that have that six to six to twelve gig um, more manageable because um, people just aren't able to get the high end cards. Yeah. So, so even for high end gamers at the moment, um, something that had that like eight or twelve gig is not necessarily a terrible choice. Yep. No, it's good advice. Yep, but uh, going, um, hopefully that's not too confusing for people. <laughs> uh, but going... <laughs> <laughs> and segway fail. Um, but <laughs> where, where, where are you going with this, Tim? Uh, well, I was going to try and segue into storage. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Well, how how long is a piece of string? 
Yeah. Um, so <laughs> pr pretty much um, there's three types of storage you can actually get at the moment. You've got your spinning rust hard drives. You've got your SATA-based... Um, solid state. Your, sort of that, you've got your NVMe um, solid yep. state. Now, to take things out, to make things less confusion, confusing, I probably wouldn't go um, solid state um, SATA anymore. Yeah, look, um, the, the serial ATA SSDs, are they're old school. Um, you know, they were great when the SSDs came out, but... Uh, yeah, now that we've got um, PCIe exactly. and NVMe, they're the better option. So it really boils down to... Um, I still think there's a use case for NVMe and for spinning rust. So spinning rust is uh, really good where you need a lot of storage and performance doesn't matter. So things yeah. like sticking it into a NAS drive where yeah. you, wa you want to say a 16 or 20 terabyte drive, for instance. Yeah. Um, and we should clarify that spinning rust, we mean your traditional, traditional magnetic hard, drive. hard drives. Like, yeah. 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 So, for yes. something, yeah so for something like that, where you're just storing data, like playing a movie doesn't bulk, need an bulk, bulk data, yeah, exactly. Yeah, bulk data, that's where I still see your traditional hard drive having a place. Yes. Uh, because they, the one thing they offer is, or the two things they offer, uh, larger capacities and yes. really good cost per cost per gigabyte. Yeah, where, where and provided you buy some good quality drives, like they'll actually last you quite a while. Yeah, but um, but the downside to them is they do not have the uh, performance of uh, solid yeah. state drives. So that's where I'd be going uh, for your operating system and for your applications, I'd be throwing them onto now and NVMe based um, SSD. SSD. And yeah, you, definitely. You, if you're not sure what the difference is, like um, the NVMe ones kind of look wide and skinny and look a bit like a memory chip and they're designed <laughs> to go directly onto the motherboard. And yeah, they um, tend to be quite a lot faster than even um, SATA-based um, solid-state drives. That's right. And look, I must say too, if you do have a computer and you're looking to upgrade um, and you don't have a NVMe slot on your motherboard, you can get adapter cards that will allow you to plug such a drive into your PCIe uh, slot as well, and they're quite cheap. Yeah, they're not not expensive. Although having said that, um, the machine I'm on now, um, like well, my previous machine, which was a fourth generation Intel, that was just before NVMe drives hit. Like that, I think it was that was built only a couple of months before we actually saw them. So pretty much everything is going to be able to support NVMe now, at least in a desktop. So it's only the laptops that you might have to worry about. And have, have we suddenly lost audio or? Oh, no. Yeah. We're, no. we're just <laughs> absorbing your advice here. Yeah. It's good.
So thinking deep thoughts about um, storage. Yeah, yes. look, I'm uh, thinking about my next PC. Yeah, big. Well, yeah. yeah what, I was thinking about the question. Um, uh, actually, I'm looking. I'm cheating and looking at NVMe's SSDs. Uh, but there's a PCI Express 4.0 on PCI Express 3.0. I'm guessing 3.0 is cheaper. Yeah, 3.0 is cheaper. But, uh, um, so yeah. the AMD machines quickly brought up, quickly took up the uh, PCIe 4.0 standard. Intel have now adopted yeah. it with their 12th generation speeds. To avoid the confusion, um, if you can stretch, <laughs> if you can stretch to a 4. Uh, PCIe 4.0 card. I'd probably do it just for the extra performance, but that's basically what it does. No. The, the main difference between a PCIe 4 and a PCIe 3 is the 4 will give you better performance, like raw throughput. Yeah. Um, and it should still work with the old uh, motherboards. So, so, yeah, from that point of view, if you're looking between the two between two different NVMe drives and one says PCI four and one says PCI three, I would usually go for the four unless there's something um competing that might tell me otherwise. So something like my budget can't stretch to it. Yeah, but also consider yeah. that a lot of this stuff is backwards compatible too. So pr provided that. Uh, the correct slot is used. Um, you can usually use the newer stuff with the slightly older gear yeah. as well. Yeah, you just don't see the extra performance. That's right. That's right. Exactly. And I suppose the last thing, because Quirtis was asking about this um, just before we went live, uh, power supplies. So oh. um, I suppose yeah. I throw in a it... quick mention of power supplies to... Uh, to make pe people um, sort of aware, aware of what they should be looking at. Uh, so again, I have a general rule, rule that I follow. So for low and low mid-range um, computers, 500 watts tends to be fairly, um, tends to do fairly well. I've got a 550 watt in my computer. It's done fine for four years. Um, if you're doing something that requires a beefy graphics card, um, so high-end gaming, you might need to jump up to 750, occasionally 850 uh, watts, and it's very rare, though, that you will ever need anything more than about 850. Yeah. I think if you're one of those power-hungry uh, users, you, you'll know exactly what you need. Yeah. Uh, you, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's the general rule, <laughs> rule I follow. Uh, for an office-style machine, yeah. 500 to 550. Uh, for a high-end high gaming or something that requires a high-end graphics card, 750 to 850. The other thing I tend to look for um, is the 80-plus certifications so the, or the efficiency ratings yeah um, so there's different levels i tend not to be um i tend not to be too concerned about which one i'm more concerned that it is 
one of them. Uh, for yeah, two, exactly. For two reasons. One is that once you get to that point, they tend to be more power efficient. And the other, yep. one, is, the other one is, they generally speaking, the ones that have those 80% plus ratings tend to be better made. Yeah, they're, they're more reliable. And if you can stick with the brand names, you know, your Corsairs or... Uh, God... Help me out, help me out, guys. There's, there's plenty, there's yeah. plenty of brands out yeah. there. So Corsair, yeah. Corsair tends to be one I've used a lot. Sea Sonic um, is still around. They tend to be. Sea Sonic are great. Yep. Yeah. Um, I've actually, um, like, I've actually got a Corsair in mine. My last. Yeah, the thermal had... take stuff isn't yeah. too bad either. Yeah. Um, the ne the next mach machine, and I've actually got it on order. Um, I'm actually going to try an Asus. So Asus in the last year or two have started okay. doing power supplies. Yeah, right. So, but generally, yeah. one of the um, bigger, more reputable brands are probably better than um, your cheap and nasty piece of crap. Yeah, I would I'd avoid buying uh, some, you know, Chong brand off eBay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's um. Not sort of your cheap no-name stuff is probably not worth the metal it's made out of. Yeah, speaking of, if you have an idea what you want to buy, what's a good place to start on the net? I guess it's Amazon. Yeah. Just like, to compare. Look, um, what I'd probably do, um, because we're, we've, um, we've actually gone sort of glossed over quite a lot of stuff here to try and pack things into as much as we can into a fairly short episode. So, you know, some of it's been glossed over. We're sort of general, having to generalise a bit. But on that point, I'd probably start looking at your local small computer shops. Um, because if you can find a good one, uh, they tend to be run by enthusiasts who build up build their own computers um, yeah. so you can use the information as that we provide you as a sort of general guide you can go in there and thinking i'm doing this this is sort of generally what i'm looking for and they will be able to put something together that um sort of based off that that should do you fairly well so and, and they have a living person you can talk with yeah so that, if that's, you're not sure yeah, that's where i'd be going because um the, these small computer shops tend to be run by enthusiasts who tend to know what they're doing <laughs> so yeah well, that's very true yeah yeah so I'd, I'd probably i'd probably do that like that's not to say your big uh your big names like ibm dell well, it's not Lenovo now, Dell, Hewlett-Packard. That's not to say they're bad. It's just the people selling them. Uh, they uh, well tend to be big department stores whose sales staff are there to sell, not to have tech knowledge. Whereas if you're wanting something specific, go the, to, the, um, to the small computer store down the road. Um, it might cost you a little bit more. But you know, as I said, they're technically run by people who technically do build their own machines. They know what works for them. They've got the technology, so it might cost you a bit more. 
but you're getting something that's probably a bit closer to what you need rather than just that some off off the shelf box that is in some department store yeah so um when you're building your new machine you're gonna do some post on it for geekaber.com I don't know yet. I'm st I still have to wait until I'm paid next to sort of start ordering oh, yeah. parts. Always <laughs> the way with this thing. Uh, yes, it's an expensive <laughs> hobby. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, like a, um, to get just to round out. So I talked about um, how I'm sort of what my use case was when I built this machine. Um, I suppose I should round out just by quickly mentioning what prompted me to think about upgrading. Um, so the, the, the machine I've got now is still very capable and st still is actually a very good machine, despite the fact that it's now four years old. I absolutely love this machine. What got me thinking of it, though, was that um, it's... Got, um, I'm thinking of doing some video editing and with the footage that I'd have coming in, yeah. it'll be a little bit noisy. Um, so I've been playing around with a noise reduction um, plugin to basically fix that. And the noise reduction plugin I'm using is fairly good. But my, the, my current CPU is only just um, handling it. So that's what got me thinking if I'm going to do this um, I probably need to upgrade just to get a slightly more capable CPU um, so in this case I'm going for the i7 um, I was contemplating the i9 but I think it was about 200 ish dollars more for only a very tiny for only a fairly small um, increase in performance I, I couldn't justify it um, I'm going th I'm going to throw 64 gig of RAM in there uh, this is one of the situations where I could potentially be using a bit more because I'm dealing with larger video files and I'm going to go throw a one terabyte um, NVMe drive in there and also reuse the NVMe drive that I've got in this machine so I'll have uh, about yeah, one and a half ter terabytes of NVMe. Yeah. And I'll end up upgrading the video card, I think, once I get a bit more money, and hopefully by that point the uh, prices are a little less insane. Hopefully. That's oh. good. But um, yeah. I think we might uh, call that one a show. Sweet. Yeah. So thank you for joining us, you two. And... Um, and Thank you for inviting. Not a problem. Okay. We'll see you next time. And we will be back. And don't forget to check, check out geekyabber.com yes. for more uh, entertaining content. And, and hopefully from there you can now uh, find our Discord server and uh, Twitter feed. Awesome. Yep. Okay. Bye bye, peoples. <laughs>